What's going on, team? Welcome back to another Stock Market Movers. We got a lot to talk about. Of course, today we're getting some more action. This SPY right now, 393.25. We were just back at 387, right? Well, there you guys see it in just a couple of days. We're right back up here. Will we get through, of course, Monday's high? We're right up there. We tapped up there once let's see if we get right back up towards 394 is it time to go into bonds we'll be talking a lot about that with our guest today we got sam stavall chief investment strategist cfra research joining us at 115 also the january effect definitely coming into play faa ordering airlines to pause departures let's talk about that and of course we can't get through pretty much any show right now without talking about Tesla, right? Well, we got some more news for you today and a triple BY squeeze. Let's talk all about that in stock market movers right here. You guys hit the like and let me know what was your top mover of the day that caught your attention. There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter or cheat. I can't help you cheat but I can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets. Welcome to Stock Market Movers. All the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day. They say money is the oxygen of capitalism and I wanna breathe more than any man alive. What's going out there, team? How we doing? Let's go ahead. Let's dive into the action right now. You guys see the spy up there. We did battle and kind of tested both ways. And I feel like this is the type of market that we get, right? Well, you guys see this pattern right here. We went from a breakout to the upside to a breakdown on the downside to then undercut and rally right back up. Wouldn't you know it? It's just the way that the SPY likes to work a lot of the times. And it's tough. It's tough. Definitely, we're going to see if we get back towards the 394. And this is why you also got to be flexible, right? You guys know I've been a little bit more on the bearish tune. I see you guys in the chat. I won't miss it. Bow to me. OP, we'll talk about it. That's what it's all about. There's two tails of the market. I'm not going to be right or wrong uh, 100% of the times, just like I don't expect anyone out there to be right or wrong 100% of the times. But one thing that is for sure is we got ourselves a little bit of a rally, right? Is this a dead cap bounce? Is this a relief rally? Is this based on the wage inflation? We'll talk about that with our guests coming up. Of course, we'll ask the experts what they think, right? I don't find myself an expert just yet. Maybe one day we'll get to that level. But for right now, we're definitely pushing up there. Got towards 393. Of course, Monday's high, 393.70. Can we just keep pushing into the CPI? Of course, a lot was on the radar today as we did get, of course, the FAA mention of this American Airlines, the airlines getting hit. Uh, pausing departures until 9 a.m. Eastern. Seems like it was a system outage. Some people are thinking that this has to do with more of a cyber attack. There has not been a anything that has actually been stated on that. 
I know that they're looking into it. Biden asked the DOT to take a look. Um, we'll see if this was had anything to do with some cyber attack. But look how American Airlines shrugged that off. It did come back down towards the 1490s. But we're right back up there to 1546. And these stocks have been really strong as of late. You guys can see a lot with these. You look at United Airlines now up to 4764. These have been really strong as of late. One of the areas that we pointed out on at the close yesterday was this area. And for that being said, we pointed at Jets, the Jets ETF. Look how this has really been taking off as of late, got back through the trend line and now starting to keep push. We'll keep what happens here on, of course, uh, but it's not just all the airlines, right? But this is more towards this catalyst. But I want to keep watching. I want some position in these airlines. I'm just going to be looking for some pullbacks. I feel like they're way too far right now. We'll look to see if we get an opportunity. All right. Getting out, of course, of the FAA news. Let's go towards the WWE. As we heard from out there that reportedly it was sold to the Saudi Arabia's private investment fund after Vince McMahon takes the helm. And look how short that headline lasted as we can see that turn right back down. Other reports saying that it's not sold. So it looks like we're back and forth in this situation. We'll see what happens here in the WWE. I'm going to take a look to see if we have anything new since then. Uh, of course, it still seems like the sale rumors are out there as, of course, co-CEO resigned. Stephanie McMahon did resign. We'll see what happens. It's pulling back to that 87. Also, we didn't get a price. I think that was another thing. If we would have heard maybe a, a takeout price, maybe 100 or something like that, a little bit higher, then I would be feeling a little bit more confident about this position in WWE. But... I'm going to stay to the sideline. I don't think I'm going to be taking part in the world wrestling entertainment. It, who knows? It could get the SmackDown if for any reason the deal doesn't go through and there's no more buyers. We'll see what happens there. Let's go to the Tesla news as Tesla definitely getting a little bit of a lift through that 123.18 level, but then quickly right back down. What happened with Tesla today? Well, of course, uh, they released plans yesterday in the afternoons to spend more than $770 million on Texas factory expansion. The expansion, of course, would include space for battery cell testing and manufacturing there. Of course, I think this is more of a play, a long-term outlook of what do we need, right? Well, if you're going to continue getting those EV credits, well, you're going to be needing to make and manufacture those batteries here, right? Well, I think this has something to do with it in the long run, but we'll see if Tesla can actually close above that 123. Get out of the range that we're in right now. It seems like we're stuck within this range. Of course, we came down towards a low on Friday towards 101.81. We were wondering, would we be into the double digits? Looks like we bounced back, started holding resistance around here on the 123. Now we'll just look to see if we can actually close above that level. Tesla, of course, if it doesn't start getting uh, the motor going pretty soon, I think we're going to come back and test support. But a lot of people were thinking that this would bounce back quick. I mean, it's bounced back somewhat, right? Since that low, we can say it's been up about, what, 18%. We'll see if it actually can start making its way back into the 130s, 150s. It's been a tough, tough 
ending of the year. And of course, I don't think auto manufacturers are the biggest area of opportunity this year, right? You could take a look. We'll see what happens if Ford can keep running on this. But I really don't see too many auto sales happening in this year. If anything, I expect to see kind of decline in auto sales as interest rates stay higher. And of course, I don't think anyone's buying vehicles up with those high interest rates unless you have the cash to do so. We'll see what happens there in Tesla down to 122. Of course, this stock was just about two months ago, two or three months ago, was up there to 300. So definitely it's been on the decline and we'll see if Tesla can come back. It's all going to be about Elon, right? What will happen? Will Elon ever announce maybe a new CEO for Twitter? And how would that affect Tesla? That's something to keep in mind. All right, getting out of Tesla. Of course, one thing that I would say about Tesla that you're not hearing too much about is the semi truck, right? We did get releases from Pepsi and we heard that, you know, they were they're wanting more of those semi trucks, but I haven't really seen too much news come out from that. Let's say deliveries or something planned into the future, big order. We'll find out about that Tesla semi. All right, getting out of that talk in a few minutes, we'll be getting into our interview. Like always, smash the like, catching up with the chat. How we doing out there? Jonathan, what's going on? The Crow, how we doing? Grabbing the new Corvette? Yeah, that new Corvette actually looks nice, but, you know, we, we'll let the EV guys go for their EVs. I still like my gas guzzlers. I can't, cannot. All right, David asking about bros. Bros coffee? Who knows, man? Maybe I might get some bros delivered. I need a coffee right now. We'll take a look at bros and what was hot and what was not in a little bit, David, so stick around. Of course, we did see today some of the meme stocks, and I'll just call it like that so that we can take a look at Bed Bath & Beyond. And, of course, you guys can see from this chart, not something that I want to take part in. Any chart like this, I try to stay away from. What I call these, I mean, at the end of the day, you can see it. Every time it pumps, it dumps, right? And you can see it right there on that chart. So I'm definitely not taking part in this style of a trade. But as you guys can see, yesterday it looked like it was mentioned at the end on CNBC. Got a little bit of a move there around 6 p.m. Made a move even in the intraday. It got up as high as 346. Pulled back now. Has been going sideways around the three. I'm just not the biggest proponent about going after a kind of a falling knife. Yes, it's going to have that high short interest. Yes, they're looking at any way means to avoid bankruptcy, but just not my type of stock, right? If anything, I understand a little bit more about why some people might be trading GME. Well, I saw GME definitely get the lift yesterday and at least not the same bankruptcy concerns but still pushing in the intraday today, got the lift even closer towards 20, went to 20.05, has been going sideways. If I do see triple BY make a big move, well, I'd be looking a little bit closer to GME. At least that's one that I can trust a little bit more than the extreme bankruptcy concerns for triple BY. But we also saw different ones move like Party making a little bit of a lift. These cheap names really trying to get moving. We'll see whatever happens there. Even AMC getting some lift today. But like always, I'm going to stay out of this trade. You guys make your own investment decision. 
All right, getting out of the meme trade, we will go ahead and get to our interview coming up. Like always, we do have a lot of upgrades, downgrades we can talk about, and what was hot and what was not will be coming up right after our interview. Let's get right to it. Let's bring on Sam Stavall, Chief Investment Strategist at CFRA. All right, let's bring him on. How are we doing today, Sam? It's good to have you on. Thanks, Mitch. Good to talk to you again. Well, Happy New Year's, definitely. It's good to get right back into the hot seat. And of course, wouldn't you know it, we get ourselves a little bit of a recent rally. Now, some people are calling it a relief rally. Some people are are calling it based off of the wage uh, deflation that we kind of saw out there. And then some are calling it a dead cat bounce. What do you see, Sam? Well, I have to be reminded that history tells us that this is the best quarter of the entire 16-quarter presidential cycle. Uh, Last quarter, we were up 7.1% for the S&P 500, and people were surprised. But in fact, no, it's the second best quarter uh, for the 16-quarter presidential cycle. So the one we're in now is the best. Uh, Also, take a look at the fact that the market was down 19.4% last year. Whenever the market was off in one year, instead of being up 9.8% as it normally was since World War II, it was up 14.2%, and the batting average rose to 81% frequency of advance versus the more normal 73%. And then lastly, if you're familiar with the Stock Traders Almanac, they're the ones that introduced the Santa Claus rally and the first five trading days of a new year indicator. Well, whenever we had a down year that was followed by a positive Santa Claus rally and positive first five days, uh, we were up 21.6% for the full calendar year and higher 92% of the time. So a lot of the indicators saying that maybe the strategists will be wrong uh, and that this could end up being a good year. I sense a lot of optimism. And I mean, the statistics point to the optimism there. Now, of course, tomorrow we will be getting that CPI report. Estimates right now at 6.5% for the year over year reading. Prior reading was at 7.1. So I'm seeing is expected to come down about 0.6%. Is that a little bit too much expectation there on the CPI? I don't think so. I mean, we peaked out on the uh, CPI uh, looking at the um, year over year. uh, The peak was 9.1% in June. And, you know, now we're we're down to 7.1%. Expectation is for 6.5. But whether you look at CPI, PPI, PCE, or the GDP chain price index, our economists are forecasting an easing of those readings for each month, each quarter of 2023. Uh, we think that in the uh, core CPI will come in uh, at a, a level that is 2.7% uh, for the whole year and 2.9% by the end of the year. So that too is likely to see an easing. So Yeah, if we get a number that is hotter than anticipated, then yes, I think the market will be spooked by that because they're expecting a downward step. 
but I think also if we get that downward step that is anticipated, it's going to be another confirmation uh, that the Fed might only raise rates two more times before hitting the pause button. And then I remind investors that the Fed historically has started to cut interest rates uh, about eight and a half months after the last rate hike. So that would put us in December of 2023 for the first rate uh, cut potential. All right. Now, we've been hearing a lot of talk by different Fed and even uh, as Soon as yesterday, I know that Daly was talking about also uh, looking into the shelter, right? And I think that that's a definite area that we need to be watching tomorrow on the CPI report. Where do you expect to see inflation really coming down in the CPI report? Is there any part of it that you expect more? Well, we, we do expect that the uh, the shelter will be coming down. I mean, we've been seeing certainly a, uh, a steep erosion of the number of homes being sold, uh, the price of those homes being sold. Uh, rental equivalents, however, because uh, we are seeing, um, in a sense, a, a dearth of uh, availability uh, that we have been seeing that uh, the rental equivalence has been holding up and, you know, stubbornly firm. But I think we're going to continue to see gasoline prices come down. We've been seeing um, retail sales come down, etc. So there are a variety of areas within these indices that are showing weakness with supply chains becoming less disruptive uh, with the expectation we probably could see some sort of a resolution to the Ukraine-Russia situation uh, in the coming months. And I think all of those continue to uh, bolster the possibility that we could be seeing inflation come down. Now, of course, not many are still in this camp, but could you still see the path to soft landing? Probably not a soft landing, but I think we end up with a fairly mild recession. There are just too many historical uh, indicators that say that we are due for a recession. Whenever the CPI has been above 6% since World War II, we had a bear market with a recession. LEI, leading economic indicators, year on year is negative, and that has traditionally preceded a recession. Also, we're just beginning the fourth quarter 2022 earnings reporting period, and history says whenever we have an earnings recession, meaning two successive quarters of earnings declines, and we're actually looking at a decline of more than 3% for the 2022 end, uh, but then uh, negative numbers for the first quarter and second quarter of 2023. They, too, point to uh, the potential for a recession. I think, however, because of the strength of the employment picture, that it ends up being a fairly mild recession. Yeah, we're not seeing it show up. And I think that a lot of people have been just waiting to see it show up in the statistics and we'll have to wait and see if we finally do see that unemployment getting a jump as we saw it take a tick down. Now, of course, earnings season starting to kick off soon and Friday. What do you expect to see from these earnings season? It's been a bunch of doom and gloom every time we go into these earnings season. Do we expect to still climb the wall of worry? Well, you bring up a good point because I think it's 52 of the last 53 quarters, the actual results exceeded end of quarter estimates. Uh, right now, the estimate is that we'll see a minus 3.2% for the uh, fourth quarter of 2022. 
uh, we're only expected to see three sectors, energy, industrials, and utilities post year-on-year -year increases for that fourth quarter. All of the other 11 sectors are expected to post year-on-year -year declines. Double-digit declines likely to be seen in communication services, consumer discretionary, materials, and real estate. So, uh, who knows? I mean, management has been very learned in terms of managing expectations. So maybe we end up uh, with a number that's not as bad as the minus 3.2, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. Now, definitely one thing that I did see to start off the year is healthcare energy take a little bit of a you know pull back. And I'd like to get your outlook on sectors moving forward, rotation. What do you see out there? Do you see energy still leading, healthcare leading? What should be coming into the rotation play? Well, good question. Um, whenever somebody says to me, Sam, should I buy last year's winners or last year's losers? The right answer is that depends. Uh, if we had an up year, then you're better off just sticking with the winners because since World War, or I should say since 1990, which is as far back as S&P has sector level data, uh, the S&P was up 7.7% on average in the following year and rose in price 70% of the time. If you stuck with those four winning sectors, they were up an average of 9.7% per year, and they beat the market three out of every four years. Last year, however, was a down year. So history says you're probably better off buying last year's losers because since 1990, if you did that following a negative year, while the S&P was up 14% in that subsequent year and higher 78% of the time, the four worst performing sectors from the prior year were up 14.8%. They were also higher 78% of the time, but they beat the market 56% of the time. So the worst performers last year were communication services, consumer discretionary, real estate, and technology. We'll see what happens if we're able to actually climb back. I definitely will be watching that as it's, it's really what I like to look at is the sector rotation. Where is it going, right? I think it's definitely important to keep up with. Now, of course, a majority of retail is following the equity markets, right? But what about bonds this year, right? Is this what we should be looking at, Sam? Well, historically, again, whenever you have a bad year in bonds uh, or even a bad year in a 60-40 portfolio, things do tend to improve the subsequent year. 60-40 portfolios over the last 50 years, whenever they were down one year, they were higher by 13% the next year and were up nearly three out of every four times. So uh, the, the feeling is that with the Fed likely to raise by 50 basis points at the February 1st FOMC meeting and then 25 basis points in March and then hitting the pause button, I think that that could allow for bonds to also have a positive 2023. All right. Well, to wrap up, I am starting a new book club. So definitely thought I'd mention and add your book to the list, Sam. Of course, The Seven Rules of Wall Street. I will throw up a link if you guys want to check that out. But tell us about the book and why is it such a fun read? Well, uh, basically, I th uh, the best bit of information I ever learned uh, about investing came from Clint Eastwood who, uh, when he played Dirty Harry in the movie Magnum Force, kept mumbling through grit teeth, a man's got to know his limitations. 
So for investors who are very nervous uh, and uncertain uh, about investing, I say embrace rules-based investment strategies. There are a lot of old rules of thumb, like let your winners ride, as goes January, so goes the year, sell in May and go away. And I say, actually, you can leverage those old sayings into winning portfolio strategies. Uh, the let your winners, I mean, the um, sell in May and go away. I actually say you are better off rotating than you are retreating. Uh, when the market does very well, typically November through April, you're better off in consumer discretionary industrials, materials and tech. But when the market is weak, usually May through October, you're better off holding on to consumer staples and healthcare. And this kind of a strategy tends to outperform. PACER has an ETF, S-Z-N-E, the CFRA Stovall Seasonal Rotation ETF. Yes, I would benefit if you invested in it. Um, I do own it and it rotates uh, back and forth. So you're not always on the uh, roller coaster. Six months of the year, you're also in the teacups. Love it there. We'll definitely take a look at it and we'll definitely have to add it to the list for the book club. Appreciate you like always, Sam Saval, Chief Investment Strategist, CFRA Research. Check it out, team. Appreciate you, Sam. Thanks, Mitch. Have a good one. All right, there you guys have it. Always love speaking to Sam. He brings more to the plate than I've seen many do. Those statistics that he has right to him. You guys see it. He talks about everything there. And I think one of the important parts that we're definitely going to look at is this earnings reports, right? Because these earnings reports that are coming up, I think is very important to find out how are the companies seeing for the full 2023 outlook, right? Are we going to get those guidance hit downs, right? Well, I definitely will be watching the big boys, right? They'll start reporting Apple, the big boys, Google, Microsoft. When those start to report, we'll see what do their guidance say? For the rest of the year, something definitely to keep watch. All right, like always, you guys can reach out to Sam Stovall. He also has a great Twitter to keep up with. Now let's keep going. Let's get back to the action. I'm going to take a look at, you guys will see, I was looking at those bonds, and I, I think this is something that I want to keep watch, right? I've been thinking about JNK for a little bit of a while now, um, and you guys can see how it's starting to really get moving. We'll see what happens with these bonds, but let's get back to the market Overall, right now, we're towards 393.60. We tried to get into that 394 handle and just couldn't do it, team. You guys can see we went up there to 394.28, pulled back now. We'll look to see if we can take that next step up and keep pushing. As long as we can close up here, it's looking good for CPI. Of course, it'll have to come in light to stay up here, at least I feel. And if it doesn't, for some reason, come in a little bit hot, what will that be, right? Will it be 6.5, 6.8, closer to 7.1? Well, of course, we want to see it get back down below that 6.5 if you're a bull to see that breakout. And of course, for me, we've been stuck in this channel. Do we ever break through the channel and actually start closing above it? Let's say to 410, 420s. If we were to go do that at the beginning part of the year, well, we could start shaking some of this downturn, right? We'll see what happens there in the SPY overall. Let's get back towards the action. Let's go into what was hot and what was not. This is where we look at the sectors and the industries, what's rotating and what's not, right? Well, let's go to it here. You guys can see um, I actually got a nice little trade on Sox S yes, uh, today and was able to get out of it before the downturn. And that just goes to show you, team, as a day trader, you need to be flexible. 
That's the one of the most important things. Let's go into real estate. Real estate getting a nice little push today. Of course, don't miss it, team. Tonight, reporting, you also will have Toll Brothers, of course. And, I mean, just take a look at ITB, right? ITB is the U.S. Home Construction Index uh, from the Dow Jones. And you guys can see how this is just not wanting to turn around. This is why I haven't been shorting some of these real estate stocks because it seems to me like the housing uh, data is really bad. But then when I look at this, I'm like, well, I mean, that's not what U.S. Home Construction Index Fund is showing me. So I'm going to stay away from these. You guys can watch these. Toll Brothers, Lennar. We'll look to see if these can keep making moves. KBH, right? Will these keep pushing? Doesn't look bad right now. KBH reporting tonight. Golden Cross showed up here. So it just goes to show us more and more. These are starting to turn around. Residential construction stocks. We'll just have to wait and find out if these ever take the hit. All right. We'll see, seeing what you guys are talking about over there. When they're over 4%, how can you not look? Is it? Are you talking about their dividend rolling? Maybe it's that. Uh, real estate, 6.5 seems to be a low estimate. Yeah, 6.5. It seems low to me too, but we'll have to wait and see Florida, Florida, if what happens with that CPI report. All right, let's get back towards what was hot and what was not. Technology also hot today from the open about 0.95. Solar making another move up. We've talked about first solar yesterday, how strong this was. It continued. It tried to make it back through the high there. Made a nice little push out the gates, went to 1771, now pulling back. ENPH also the leader, right? Well, there you have it, right with the bounce back. I was wondering, seeing ENPH just pull back with this after FSLR's strong day yesterday, would ENPH just bounce back? Well, there you have it. Nice little bounce back there. We'll keep eye on the solar names. Uh, run getting a nice little push today so keep your eyes on this one look at the daily chart as they're able to start bouncing back we'll look to see if it goes to 29 maxen getting a little bit of a lift ison array it's not just one of these names jks also a big mover as of late we were waiting for this one to really kind of break out now it's been starting to push of course this one's more exposed to china so we'll see if this can really get lift but doesn't look too bad and what I like about it is at least it's symmetrical and you can know where your entries and exits are and your risk. We'll see what happens on these solar plays. Will they turn around? FSLR was one that I was expecting to get back down. And you guys can see that thing is fighting to the upside. Somebody charged up those panels as it keeps going. All right, we'll see what else is making moves in technology. Let's get towards some different uh, stocks here. Internet content, of course. We saw Google yesterday get a little bit of a lift. It continued to lift today, bouncing back there towards 91.61. So that's not doing bad uh, software application names. Not doing bad here. Let's take a look at what's doing good there from the open. Let's actually go to the high cap names. There's just too many names there. Uh, SAP. CRM getting a nice little pushback. Look at that SAP move. That's definitely starting to get a nice little lift there. Uh, you got now Intuit starting to get a little bit of a lift. I don't look at Intuit too often, but this actually looks like it's trying to get back there to the 400. And at least you know that 380 support. We'll look to see if it starts holding. Now starting to bounce back. Uber. Uber after that ratings earlier in the week has continued to lift here towards 2842. Look at that, keeps pushing. 
And then, of course, Shopify, one that I want long term, still don't have any exposure to it. We'll see if it actually starts getting the lift. All right. Snow making a nice little move up. Software application name. Growth names have really started to push a little bit. Uh, you can take a look at that with just the ARKK. You guys can see Tesla, Shop, SQ leading there. So Block with a nice little move there for software infrastructure names. Uh, Consumer Cyclical also getting the lift. Why is this getting the lift? Well, a lot of the high beta names, right? Getting that push. Department stores, Macy's with a nice little day there back towards 2209, getting the lift there. We'll see what happens on the stock like DDS. Look at that. Dillard's pushing right back towards the highs. <laughs> I This is the stock that makes me scratch my head. How is Dillard still up here, team? 360? Who is shopping at Dillard's? <laughs> I, I just don't even understand this one. This one definitely... Makes me go a little bit crazy. I made a buck from Uber today. Hey, that's what I like to hear, Roland. That's what it's all about. All right. Dillard's is definitely an interesting stock. Continued that nice little push there. Utilities also strong today. I'm glad I got out of that Duke trade. Would have been battling here right around these levels. I did. This is exactly where I stopped out, right around 105.50s. We'll look to see if it ever declines right back towards the 103. I have no problem shorting these utilities when they turn around. It just hasn't done so right now. You can also look at this by looking at the XLU, right? Utilities ETF. And look how that is trying to get back there to the 72. We'll see what happens in utilities. Financial services, JPM has been one that we've been watching there. The banks, it's continued the lift. It even pulled back today, giving you an opportunity on that pullback Went right back towards support, found that, jumped right back up there through the 139. It's not a bad looking stock. Visa is one that I put on our radar for a while now. We've been waiting to see if this can keep going, but not a bad stock and not a bad move overall up there towards 221. Got to a high today of 223.33. Uh, Bank of America getting a little bit of a lift here. MasterCard, another one that's going to be moving with that Visa. Those are two of my favorite names, definitely in kind of the financial sector right now. It's Visa and MasterCard. They just look really nice. If you're looking for charts that are looking strong and even looking like they want to go through their highs, 2021 highs too, coming really fast for that 22 high MasterCard compared to like a square, right? Well, maybe these are the ones that we can do this with. Maybe it's like a Visa, MasterCard, Square, PayPal trade. Well, that would open me up to at least the bigger gains in Square and maybe PayPal and smaller gains in Visa and MasterCard, but could diversify a little bit by taking that kind of a basket trade. We'll see what happens on these. All right, keep going. D defensives in the red today, but the leading sector down is energy. It's a little bit of a mixed bag here, though, because I did see some start making its way back. So we got to be a little bit careful. As you see, XOM right back here to 11060s. The ones that I've really been liking, like SLB, this is one that I've been talking about for a while now, uh, since before the beginning of the year, right? And so that was before kind of in de December time. And it's made a nice little run here to start the year, but it could pull back at any moment, right? So you just got to keep that in mind, especially if you're kind of swinging these. Um, we'll see what happens on Halliburton, Slumber J, uh, but definitely getting a nice little push here. XOM is one that I'll be looking for a little move back towards 114. But 
these oil names are going to be very difficult this year. I have a feeling that they could give us one more lift, but after that, they could drop really fast. So it's all going to be dependent on what really happens uh, in oil. Will we get the demand that we expect from China to really come online? Something to keep in mind. And will Oxy come back down through the 60s? And would Warren take some more of Oxy? Something to keep in mind. He still hasn't done so in a while now. We'll look to see if we get back down there. Uh, TSM reports tomorrow. Yeah, I think they gave a little bit of a preview already, but uh, just to kind of make sure that we cover that, definitely going to be something to keep watch. We'll see what happens on TSM. Right now it's up there towards 81.13 uh, TSM. Of course, we talked about this daily chart yesterday. Will it come right back into the gap? I think it might just come back to the 73s before it gets to 84. But right now it's dead in the water, at least in my eyes. It's right in the middle. And in the middle, I hate playing that pig game, right? I either like being a bull or a bear. It's those pigs that get slaughtered. All right, we'll see what else is happening out there. Why are we using China as an excuse for big oil decisions to produce or reduce oil production? Well, the big thing there, Bo, is that for a while, right? They've been looking at China and expecting demand to come online. Why? Because of the lockdowns, right? So if we are going to get that travel to come out in China, if we are really going to get the full reopening and there's not going to be these COVID lockdowns, you should see a spike in oil. They're one of the biggest demand drivers in oil. So something to keep in mind, right? And so it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they're just going to rip it through the moon because of China. But if China really gets open, it should give it a little bit of a lift to the price. One way that you can also just look at this is just look at WTI. Some people expect it to get back into the 80s and the 90s, even 100. Right now, it's up there towards 7740s. I'm looking to see if we go into 60s or 80s. Those are the two areas that we can keep watch. If we go into the 60s, I feel like these oil stocks quickly come right back down. But if we go back to the 80s, well, these stocks can really quickly rip right back up to the high. All right, let's keep battling. We'll see what happens on China. China gets their oil from Russia, <laughs> as does India. Yeah, the only problem there is we don't know how much they're getting from Russia there. If there's some kind of hidden oil there, but we're not going to get into the battle of oil, right? Oil traders out there deal with this on a daily basis. There's a lot of misinformation in oil, and it's very difficult to keep up with the oil traders. All right, let's keep going. We'll get out of TSM talk and the energy talk. You guys can see communication services also down today. T-Mobile pulling back after a nice little push in the pre-market. This one might stay hot, I would say. Ones that I'd be looking for maybe a slight turnaround here is like an AT&T. It had the lift. It did decline on the ex-dividend date. Got back up there, but not continuing the lift. I'd be a little bit careful on a name like AT&T. Verizon, kind of the same boat, already kind of made the move, and I would be expecting some kind of weakness coming into play. All right, uh, kind of some stocks that have just been catching my attention. Just wanted to state there too. Uh, Warner Brothers, we've been watching this one start taking the lift. We'll see if this can ever get to 14. 14 to me is the level it needs to get through. Para at 20 really starting to make a move up. These media diversified, not something I expected to see getting lift, 
but it could just be based on valuation as they keep pushing towards the upside. And of course, let's keep talking. Let's get back into some of the upgrades and downgrades and getting out of what was hot and what was not. I did see some mentions out there from the stock, uh, from different stocks in the chat. So if you guys have any tickers you guys want to talk about, throw them up. I'll start getting through those and I'm going to get into some of the upgrades and downgrades, especially the notable ones that caught my attention. If one caught your attention, throw it up in the chat and we'll start going to them. All right. The first one we can talk about is Bank of America's downgrade of Coinbase. Uh, they're downgrading Coinbase to underperform from neutral. Of course, I, I could see Coinbase continuing to push. I think this eventually comes down even further. I could see Coinbase down towards like 15, 20 bucks. Uh, but like, remember, Coinbase has come from like 400. And so to think that this is definitely oversold, well, definitely it is oversold. But can it just have these relief rally pops where it can get even to maybe 48 and just come back down? Is something that I would be expecting. It definitely has been getting the lift. A lot of volume in the last couple of days. Big wick, especially from Tuesday, 49.46. Will we get back up there to the 48? If we can get in the 50s and start holding, that's where I think we start getting more in the bullish tape, especially because you start turning around the monthly outlook. Look at this monthly outlook. Just looks horrible. It doesn't look good by any means. We need to start seeing this turn. Get back through December's high, 78, 29. We'll look to see if we get back there. It's just been month after month of decline in coin. All right, then now I see some stocks rolling through there. No worries. We'll take a look at it. Uh, BCE. Let's take a look. BCE. All right, this is a telecom service. Uh, it's been going sideways here. Let's go to the monthly Monthly has a nice little pullback to this level, just bounced off the 200-month average. The only thing I would say about this one, BCE, is I, I wouldn't expect too big of a return uh, just because it, it's not like the biggest moving stock right now. And if anything, you can see from January, we went up there up until April. But since April, this stock has been in a big decline. So I would maybe look to see us retrace about 50% of this if you're trying to catch the dip. Right, the recent move, you can take a look at it there. Just put it up to the high there, about 50% puts it back to 45. Look to see if 45 can hold as support and make the move back up through 46, closing up to 46.50. We'll look to see if we close some of these gaps completely and then make our way back down. 46.50 is definitely an area that I'd be looking. If they close the gap, it could right, it could put the move right back down. All right, rig and soul. I'll take a look at that rig. Uh, rig, oil and gas drilling stock. Doesn't look bad at all overall on the weekly. You can see how we're actually starting to get through five. Getting through five is an important level as we broke out towards from the about the 450 area. First level to watch for sure is going to be about 556. Once you get to that level, you're going to start running through this prior supports, moving back towards resistance, 651. And it doesn't look bad. It's starting to build up some volume. Big thing for it's going to be watching that Tuesday level, 549. Could get it that nice little lift. 550, you see how it's fighting that multiple times. Has made it up there one, two, about three times already. You fought it right here. It went to 52. We'll look for that next time to really be that breakout and really get moving. You want to see some volume as it breaks to that uh, 550 level. 
Grow, grow. That's an interesting one. I haven't heard about grow in a while. Grow generations. Of course, this is a cannabis kind of, uh, we'll say equipment stock. Uh, so we'll see what happens here. I don't know why it's in home improvement stores, but we'll see if this can actually make its way back. This has been one that I remember calling from a short around the 50s and 55s. Always going to kick myself a little bit because I was like, yo, this stock has no business being up here. But <laughs> that's how it is a lot of the times, right? And I think a lot of the times, sometimes we do got to make a little bit of some longer term approaches. And on a stock like Grow, maybe if I gave myself a year or something outlook like that, could have made a good return on this one. We'll see what happens. Grow Generations is getting a little bit of a bounce back. Needs to get back through at least 450s to get the lift. I don't think this company has the most competitive advantage. It just has an advantage a lot of the times because different stores uh, and like Amazon stores can't hold all the products that Je uh, Grow Generation can hold right now. Shannon said, woohoo, Rig. Yeah, Rig is not a bad one. Easy Mike is even saying he's long. It, it doesn't look bad at all, I'll say. Rig actually looks pretty strong. Looks like a nice flipper in the past. Yeah, there's some nice flippers in the past. There's always those flippers in the past. We got to sometimes understand, though, that you, when you get those big pops, you don't take the gains. Well, then that's what it's all about, right? We have to take some type of gain. Eric wants to do one more here. I got one more for you guys. I'm trying to make sure that I be more about you guys here than focusing on the headlines because, I mean, you guys can read the upgrades and downgrades from Benzinga Pro, but Starbucks has been a monster, has not wanted to turn around. It might make its way all the way back up towards 110. We'll see what happens there. To me, this looked like kind of that head and, head and shoulders top and we cracked down. So the first thing I've been calling out is will we recover kind of this neckline? And you can, you know, try to uh, round it up towards 110. But 109.60s is what I got right now. Right around that level, 110 is where I'll be looking to see, do we go breaking through that level or do we just reverse off of that level? Starbucks has stayed strong, stayed strong, probably stronger than many stocks um, as many went back down to their June or July lows and didn't continue the trend like this has done and i've been wrong on this one uh bros also was mentioned earlier it's starting to reverse a little bit we've made a good profit on this one in the past we'll see what happens on bros if it can keep pushing i'll take a look at starbucks if starbucks can get right back through that 110 i'll expect to see bros play a little bit of catch up and make its way back here to maybe 50 dollars we'll have to wait and find out of course bro has been battling the inflation and that's what's keeping their margins restricted. I think in the long run, I like bros, but of course, their margins are super restricted right now. Jay also bringing up a good fact is that big exposure to China, right? Reopening, probably helping Starbucks, right? Nike, also big exposure to China, has been doing well, right? Since that kind of reopening look. And LVS for the casino outlook. That's been doing well also, right? What about win? Is it winning? Oh, it's winning, all right. Continuing the lift there. MLCO is the last kind of cheaper casino play in China that has been making the lift. So it looks like those China stocks, man, they're, they're in their own little bull rally. And I know that a lot of people didn't want to trade China stocks, and I was one of those. And 
I'll be looking back at this and understanding that, hey, sometimes I guess you got to take a risk. You know, the, the risk was about TSM and China attacking Taiwan. But Baba, what a move in these China names as they've made a big leap forward, right? And I think that a lot of the times you might not want to miss out on a play like this. Even PDD, right, was back then in October. It's done about a 100% move. <sighs> what a big move there. All right, uh, Vic says fake rally, says Captain Kirk. And the Vix is so hard to get edge off of. I don't know about you, Captain Kirk, but I can tell you right now, every time I've tried to use the Vix to call something, a lot of times it hasn't worked for me in the past. But like always, you determine your own indicators, what works best for you. I just know that the Vix doesn't really give me edge. Only time the Vix has a tendency of giving me edge is on extreme up, or extreme down, but hey, to each his own, right? If it works, it works. Vix is saying fake rally. It could be a fake rally, right? Let's go back to the spy. We're up there towards 393.85. It's just going to be all about the CPI report tomorrow. That's what's going to turn things around. What does the 6.7 inflation number do to the market tomorrow? Think we have a huge pop and sell off later in the day, says richer and wiser and you know what let's take a little bit of a kind of a, a vote or whatever you guys want to do what you guys think will get it tomorrow right cpi right now is estimated at 6.5 prior was 7.1 we all know that this doesn't really matter but more along what do you think we'll get tomorrow team do you think we get 6.8 6.6 7.1 do we get 6.3, 6.0? Of course, if we get a 6.0 and it shows up, well, Katie barred the door. We could be at 400 tomorrow. We could be at 410 tomorrow for all I know if it was actually coming in at six or below. But if we come in closer to 7.1, what happens then? Where will the spy be tomorrow? I think this is something that we all need to find out. And if you guys want to stick along, of course, you guys can do so on pre-market prep. We'll be covering it live at 8.30, right when it hits the tape. Um, one thing to note, though, the SPY has been going up all day long today. Will we get kind of a sell-off towards the close as investors start getting a little weary on the recent rally as you get closer and closer to CPI tomorrow? Of course, CPI tomorrow will be re released at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. So some traders might not want to be long overnight and could be running towards some profit towards the close here. Not going to say that we're going to have like a little bit of a sell-off there, but just something to keep in mind for those traders out there. As you get closer to the end of the day, some are not going to want to take the risk. All right, catching up in the chat and hearing what you guys think. What do you guys think? I see some numbers being thrown up there. Fake rally, real profits. 6.3 says Rich. That's not the worst. 6.3 won't be the worst. Your UVXY is at an all-time low. It's trash. Yeah, those those uh, those VIX and UXVYs, they're just tough, tough to use. Uh, wellness saying 6.3, EKS 6.5, OP 12.99. Oh, man, you're trying to scare me, aren't you? Spy tomorrow. We'll see what happens to it. I'm just saying sell off before close or tomorrow morning. Hey, it could happen, Vic. It, it could happen, Kurt. Look, it could happen, Vic. 
yeah, definitely could happen. VIX is out of sync. I would agree with that. 6.3 to 6.5 says Spartacus. Can't go wrong there. We'll see what happens. What will happen? Find out tomorrow. Pre-market prep. You won't miss it, team. I'll definitely be watching. And, and of course, we've been seeing the recent action in some bigger stocks getting some lift like Amazon and Google and Microsoft. But will this all turn around tomorrow? And even Apple, for that being said, I know a lot of people are talking to me about, I've been looking at Apple kind of worried about this chart, right? Because at, at the way that I see it, right, is that we've been kind of in these price levels for a while, right? And it's been in a nice uptrend, but kind of more of a sideways trend, right? This is that kind of uptrend line. And when we broke that, it was right around that 140 break coming back down through these lows. And then we were going to look to see if we continued that downside action. We've had a little bounce back, but really haven't really pushed back towards, let's say, the 140 or the 150 area. Will the CPI report get us back towards the 140 or 150? Or will we be careful about Apple? Been hearing a lot of negative news about their iPhone sales and production being cut down. Will they give us a warning and it be right back towards 120? These are all things that I'm keeping in mind, especially with a stock like Apple that has had so many negative catalysts. Of course, many of them for more reports than actually from Apple, but something to keep in mind. We'll see what happens with that iPhone production and iPhone sales. And if Apple will warn towards the beginning of earnings season, something to watch for. All right, that's probably going to do it for us today. Like always, we're going to keep working here on Stock Market Movers to keep showing you guys rotation, right? Where is the stocks going? We did see a lot of these high short interest stocks get the lift today, like Carvana uh, getting some lift, right? And so we'll see if this can keep making the nice little push. Today it did push, came back to VWAP, pushed again, now back to VWAP again. Will it get another lift? We'll have to wait and find out. And of course, the triple B, why? Will this get the lift back towards three? Or will it just break right back down towards the 260s? Like always, team, I'm going to stay out of these trades. You guys make your own investment decisions on this triple B, why? GME, to me, looks like a little bit better play. I've already said that in the past, but I'm not probably going to be trading either of these. We'll see if GME can get moving here. 19 looks interesting. We just got a little bit of volume coming back towards the VWAP. We'll see if it gets back there towards 20 on the day. Glad you guys enjoyed today's show. Like always, you guys can keep up with all the action right here on Benzinga. Don't go anywhere, team. 3.30 Eastern. I'll be back with At The Close with Joel Alconin as we take a look at all the market action and, of course, everything that moved today. Like always, you guys hit the like button down below. Hit the share button. I don't know if you guys, is this is your first show, but definitely I try to do my best to bring on the experts to keep you in the informational edge. Let your friends know, especially your financial buddies. Hey, do you want to catch some great interviews and not be watching those other medias? We won't go into that. But like always, you guys can catch that right here on Benzinga. Hit the like button and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Like always, we got to keep working to build our skills, watching what happens in the macro environment, and then having situational analysis. That's what I would be thinking about tonight. What happens if CPI comes in hot? What happens if it comes in light? 
And what are the extremes there that I'll definitely be looking out for? We'll see you guys tomorrow.